What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to Fan Culture, episode 35. We got Sakani, we got Brandon here. How y'all doing? Chilling, chilling. Doing All right, uh, KD episode. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, shout, shout out to everyone that tuned into our last episode with Chris Haynes. Uh, that was a super fun episode. A lot of content for you guys, so hopefully you're able to check that out. Uh, we've got it on YouTube, Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor. Just check it out. It's it's a great episode. Um, but this time, we're going to go ahead and start with The Last Dance. The Last Dance episode three and four premiered over the weekend. Um, and we got a lot to talk about with that. So both of you guys watched episodes three and four, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know they focused they focused a lot on, you know, Rodman and on uh, Phil Jackson for these past couple episodes. Um, what were some of your guys' takeaways from those last two episodes? I'll let you go first, uh, Sakani. You're, you're a Bulls fan. Um, I'd say <clears throat> I, I, Rodman was like that player growing up that was like, Like the person you didn't want to really like, but he seemed so cool because he had colored hair and tattoos, like as a kid yeah. to me. And so seeing a bit more about like really his work ethic and his dedication to the game was not that I didn't think that I was there or that I hadn't even heard about it before, but I guess within context of uh, this particular season, as well as hearing it from other players who played with him, um, it was nice to hear how like separate he was able to keep his off the court stuff and uh you know basketball produce. exactly like he was a monster of rebounding and defensive like like pat bev before pat bev knew who he was um and sort of just that that dog who was clearly integral to the pistons being able to get to where they got in the early 90s as well um but yeah i just think his story is is such a fascinating story like really coming from like like really hard upbringing and then working his tail off to um like make a team his high school team and then balling out of control there and then like getting a chance to play like fast forward play like Pistons and it won championship with them and yeah I mean like I think uh like what Sakai was saying like his uh his work ethic is is crazy and I think he set like the blueprint for like the Pat Beverly's of the of like like today and like the um like the Tony Allen's like that real pesky defense um like really kind of like blue collar hard nosed defense that like what makes the NBA so great. So um, I think growing up for me, he was like that anti-hero, you know, that like people love to hate yeah. and um, just like the crazy funky hair colors. Um, like, yeah, he just, he just, he was kind of like, just like that character. It was almost like, like, uh, you know, like the Monstars, <laughs> like, like how like they're, they're, when they got like those superpowers, like the like their personalities were like crazy, but like I was just him, and like Sakani was saying, he could do well. I shouldn't say he could do it on, on and off the floor, but like he he party 
mad crazy and still like got a got the job done. Yeah, which is insane. So he was like one of the first seeing that. Yeah, exactly. I feel like he was one of the first, like I guess what you could say, divas of the NBA, where like off court antics and on court antics were sort of just sort of the norm. Like, because it's not like he didn't have things that he did on court that made him just as a figure uh, or just as big as a figure as off court. Cause I mean, like the, the, they were almost two in the same, like he was like the, his greatness on court yeah. was just as big a news as him wearing a wedding dress, him being married to Madonna, him mm-hmm. uh, oh, like so just his life, his really his whole life became sort of this, the spectacle where you're kind of amazed that he was able to keep up both of these, you know, a crazy, hard party lifestyle. Um, it's like he had a rock and, star. He was a rock star and like an NBA player, like in one. Literally, like, like rock star. Rock the star. Hard, lifestyle. live hard, die young type lifestyle, it seemed. Yeah. yeah I but mean, it's amazing I that. Thing... Go ahead. Go ahead, Sid. No, go ahead, Sid. Oh, no, because I'm, I'm going off topic from that. So, no, go ahead. Okay, well, I was going to say, one of, like, I was kind of switching here into Phil, which is that it was amazing that those two were able to get along yeah. and yeah. sort of have the relationship that they had so that Dennis was able to be the best version of himself for the team. Um, I, I think had Dennis not had Phil there, I don't know if uh, – that team would have worked with a different coach. Well, a lot of a lot of teams, I feel like, and this is kind of like what I was saying earlier with like, like the Cowboys, and we'll get into that like a little later on. Like, I feel like it's you have to be really good at managing people. You know what I mean? Organizations, mm-hmm. and that's why my front office get blamed a lot because, yeah, they I I feel like they should take more onus on like being able to manage those those person different personality types but also just like a lot of times it feels like a perfect storm where you know who would just say like he would have worked on that team if if Phil Jackson didn't coach that team you know what I mean so True. um it's just it's just weird how how life happens Phil like wanted that. him there though right yeah, no, yeah. they like you said, you got along like well. I'm just saying, like, if Phil Jackson wasn't the team, I'm question the coach, like, mm-hmm. would there still be that same type of relationship relationship between player and coach with the, whoever else, with whoever uh, whoever the other coach would have been? Yeah, would have been. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing that I appreciated about Robin, probably some of the most, was his high basketball IQ, where he got into yeah. the particulars about okay, well. Jordan shoots it this way, and it's got this kind of rotation. It's gonna come off, yes. gonna come off the rim this way. I mean, when you think about it like this, especially with the way the the that basketball was played in the late '80s and the '90s, you had you know your traditional power forward was you know six nine, six ten, six eleven. You always had a center on the court that's six eleven, seven feet, seven one, whatever. So, Robin was always like maybe the fifth tallest player on the court at all times, yet he was still averaging. He was 6'8". Six, 6'8", eight. Six, eight. okay, yeah. So, I mean, and who knows? Some people will tell you 6'7". Um, so wait, and what position about, did he play? He played power, power forward? Power, or did forward. He... power forward. Power forward. Yeah, so... Because yeah. so Scotty was think about that. 
yeah, so he's like the fifth. He's pretty much the same size as Scotty. Uh, maybe a little more on, on the weight side, but similar to Scotty. And mm-hmm. he's averaging, you know, 16, 17 rebounds a game. And That's when you think ridiculous. about it, the pace of the game was a lot slower. So it's not like mm-hmm. Andre Drummond, you know, in this year, you know, averaging 15 rebounds a game. Well, yeah, there's, you know, 50 more shots that go up a game. Like, so Robin's bringing down most of the rebounds in the game, like, which is yeah. insane. Um, but that's, you know, not only effort, but like, like I said, just the whole basketball IQ, you know, aspect of it is really amazing. Um, I found it crazy that he could go, you know, take his little trip in uh, to Vegas in the middle of the season. Right. And... I mean, they still had to go get him, but still, like, <laughs> right. <laughs> he came back and he still was like conditioned, like, bro, after doing Lord, only Lord knows the what. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, and you would think that Rodman tradition would be, you know, this big extrovert and this huge personality and all this stuff. But, you know, you, you guys saw the conversations. They're like, Robin didn't really say much. Like, you know, he was pretty yeah. quiet. He was pretty introverted. He'd come in. He'd take care of his business, you know, when it yeah. comes to playing basketball. And that was about mm-hmm. it. You know, he didn't have that many conversations with Jordan. He didn't have that many conversations with anybody, really. That, that, was, that was pretty crazy to see. Because you couldn't take liked... that practice. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I liked uh, that story that Jordan also told about how uh, one day Rodman had just, like, didn't show up to a game or not like he showed up to the game but he just did not perform and uh he showed up to Jordan's hotel room with some cigars and they didn't even have to like Rodman didn't even have to apologize like you know that gesture in and of itself because Rodman was such a reserved person and you know didn't Jordan knew what it was without exactly without it being you know uh verbalized exactly and to have, I'm, I'm sure to have that type of relationship with, with a teammate is, it feels great, <laughs> you know, knowing that, all right, you know, you messed up and from here on out, like you've, you've showed up um, yeah. and you acknowledge the fact that, you know, like you didn't show up in the ways that which you needed to. And yeah. yeah. And, and what I found interesting is because he was, when he first got to Chicago, he was so different than the personality of the team. Yet, you know, you heard yeah. Pippen say he fit like a glove when he right came in. in. <laughs> he fit right in. You know, he was exactly what they needed. So, yeah, uh, it's cool. And I think that did a lot for his image as well because True. the antics that he had in San Antonio, you know, just looked like he was going to kind of be on his way out of the league and yeah. no one wanted to touch him or anything like that. But um, I think Chicago, first and foremost, they realized what he did back in the, you know, late 80s against them. Um, I realized he was still capable of doing those things and a lot more. Um, so I'm glad he got that opportunity in Chicago and got him three more chips out of it. He's a five-time champion. Five times. Yeah. Legend. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So uh, so I guess let's transition to Phil um, since Sakani kind of started to a little bit. What do you guys think about the whole background behind Phil? I didn't realize personally that he was an assistant coach on the Bulls before he inherited, you know, the uh, head coaching job. So I didn't realize he was on Doug Collins' staff. And Lightweight snaked his way in, you know, let's be real. (laughs) But uh, I mean, was it a snake position? Because I feel like uh, from what I remember uh, hearing was that – oh, man, what's the owner's name? uh, Uh, Jerry Reinsdorf. 
Is it Ryan? Kraus. Or are you Kraus. thinking of the GM, Kraus? Kraus. I guess it is Kraus. Um, That's the GM, yeah. Yeah. Because he liked when, Exactly. But uh, there was another I think he had Doug coach. Collins on, the, on the, like a timetable, no? Um, I'm hearing all these coaches' names, and I'm like, Doug Collins, he sounds like a recent coach. Tex. <laughs> we think the Tex. Wow. Well, no, Tex no, no. Winter was the was the assistant coach that kind of helped develop the triangle, but exactly, Doug was the, and that's what Doug Collins was the head coach when Jordan. Yeah, yeah Doug Collins, thirty-seven. Um, but I'm thinking, the uh, GM liked uh, Tex and wanted the uh, the triangle to be implemented in the in the offense, and so Doug Collins didn't. And Doug Collins didn't want, like you were saying, you know, get that out of here. And then yeah. Phil, you know, still studied how to do, uh, how to run the triangle offense because obviously it was clear that that's what their team was like really missing and like being able to institute that into uh, or with the players that they had change the, the way in which the team played. And as they said, like by year two, or after uh, once year two came that they were implementing that offense, they knew that they were unstoppable. <laughs> yeah, I know. And what I found interesting, the reason I said he kind of snaked his way, and maybe he didn't actually do anything. Maybe it was just, you know, it was kind of obvious that something was going to be happening because, you know, they asked Doug Collins and he was like, you know, I just had a feeling. He wouldn't, he wouldn't go into detail when they interviewed him. He was just like, you know, I just had a feeling that, you know, that was going to happen, that, Phil was going to be the next Oh, yeah. Coach. That's so, what he meant? Or that's the impression you got from that? Um, a little bit. I think it's a combination of that. But then also Jerry Krause had a good re- working relationship with Phil at the start. He brought him he in, liked, right? Yeah. Yeah, they brought him yeah. in. I mean, he, li- he liked Phil a lot. So I think probably a little bit of how Phil was, you know, impacting the team along with, you know, organizations, nudge or whatever, and probably giving him credit and things like that. I think some of that had a little bit to do with, you know, hey, well, here's Phil. I think I agree, and I think that he had the trust of the players. And Michael, I think, mentioned – well, he had – I think he had mentioned to Michael, like, hey, you're going to – we're going to need to, like, implement, like, other plays. So just, like, teams – like we have to figure out other ways to score, so teams yeah. don't figure us out. And exactly. I'm pretty he sure, he, like he said, he didn't like that at first, though, right? Yeah, he was like, "Take the ball out of my ball, hand." Took the ball out exactly. of his hand, but then he he grew to understand like why later. And then the relationship between Tex Winter and um, Tex Winter and um, Doug Collins had soured, so I think he kind of like, like, kind of like helped get. Uh, well, I shouldn't say that. I don't know. It's all speculation. I have no <laughs> research on that. But I mean, if if it were me, I would, he, I'd probably get them on my side, you know. So it'd be like a clearer choice who to choose. Yeah, and I mean, obviously the Bulls picked right. You know, you get six championships out of it. So I think, you know, long term it was the best decision. Um, Doug Collins was a good coach. I mean, they had some success, but. He didn't get them to where they needed oh, yeah, to, be, huh? you know, to be. Exactly. And there's probably no guarantee that he would have gotten to that point if he had the time that, you know, Phil had with the team either. You know, Scotty said 
completely different approaches, you know, that they had. So I think, you know, Phil just had the right approach. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so also, also later, I think it was in episode four. That's when they talked about really that rivalry that the Bulls had uh, with, the, with Pistons. the Pistons. Yeah. Um, which I think when people think about, you know, oh, well, that's how I want basketball to be. Basketball used to be physical and all this stuff. I think they think back to that kind of rivalry. Um, I enjoyed that part a lot because I've always known, you know, what the Jordan rules were and things like that. You know, you always heard the term. I kind of you know, understood what it meant when they explained what that meant. Um, mm-hmm. But I appreciated not only how basically Jordan took it upon himself to get the whole team toughened up. Like he said it wasn't just him. He said, all y'all, you know, going to get in shape. All you guys are going to lift weights. All you guys are going to stop whining. You know, we're just going to tough it up and, you know, not let them see us be weak. That's such a crazy way to, like, win, though. I mean, because normally nowadays you would be like, well, obviously the the league is more hands-on with it. But, I mean, I, I feel like players are way more now vocal about, like, those types of fouls because I think people people say it's a softer league, right? Okay, you can argue that. But there's a lot more money at stake now. And, like, if a guy gets – a flagrant foul, a flagrant one, a flagrant two, and he can't even run the his endorsements for the next four months or whatever months. That's that's money out of his pocket, you know, or just like being like playing, playing, just playing in general. You miss games, and that can affect the outcomes of of uh, you know games uh, or win totals, you know. So I think yes, it's good that we have those to like reference and you know that's that era and it's it'll forever be that era i mean playing in that era is it definitely will toughen you up but um i would say the nba was smarter to go away from that because one you want to watch a basketball game you don't want to watch a guys beat each other up you can go to mma or boxing or even hockey for like stuff like that i mean you want hard you're going you're gonna to see hard fouls from time to time. But, like, a lot of those plays that the Pistons uh, were, were – or just de- defensive plays that they were running, like, you weren't – you're seeing guys not even trying to go for the ball. You know, you just knock them out the air, you know. Like, and they made, they made it known. So, um, it's just interesting to see that, that type of uh, basketball being played and being discussed, too. Right. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think, you know, some of the toughness, you know, aspects and stuff like that in the league, it, you, it is nice to see those things carry over throughout generations. But at the same time, just like everything else in life, you know, it evolves. So, yeah, you know, the NBA has evolved, you know, over the years because it was smart to evolve. You're not going to give the same product that you gave back in the 80s because, you know, that's not – it's not what your fans are looking for anymore. You you realize, hey, right. our fans care more about scoring. They care more about dynamic plays. Well, let's space out the floor. Oh, three-point line. Let's back up three-point line. You know, all, all kinds of different things. So um, long-term, it was just better for the NBA to go that route. Um, do I think that sometimes they go a little bit too far with limiting the physicality? Sure. Um, but, you know, Brandon, like you said, to your point, they do have to preserve the future and protect their players as well. Um, they can't afford to how bad would it look on the league if 
you know, something was to get out of control and, you know, uh, LeBron's eye socket got popped or something like that, like fracture. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, and there's, yeah, there's those worst case scenarios too, where you can like guys have career ending, you know, incidents stuff. I mean, anything could happen. Rudy Rudy Tom Jonovich almost died on the court in a fight. Like, so it, yeah, it, it name just like that. No. Yeah. What'd you say, Scotty? You say with a name like that, what? That's all I said. <laughs> hey, what are you um, punchline, bro? I'm mad. Right. <laughs> Funny. So, so I guess before we move on from the last dance, I know one of the things they talked about a lot was uh, at the end, once the Bulls finally beat the Pistons in the playoffs and moved to the finals. Uh, uh, there was a whole controversy that the Pistons, you know, walked off the court, didn't shake their hands before the game was over or before the series basically was over. What's your guys' you know, reactions to that? What do you got how are you guys feeling about that? Hey, I mean they were sore losers. It's not I don't think it's really anything to to discuss. We know that they're champions. They've won it two years in a row. They felt salty that this team, like this little brother team to them, had finally beat them. So they walked off the court without, you know, showing good sportsmanship. I think we've all had those moments. The fact that they collectively as a team decided to do it, I think is, you know, interesting. But at the end of the day, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. You know, they didn't they didn't shake their hands. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I mean, I, uh, I feel you. I mean, I, I share the same sentiment. I just wish that and obviously they're not going to do this because, you know, it's Jordan and the Bulls that are basically <laughs> producing all this content and you exactly know, what goes out. But Jordan had said before game four, I think a day before game four, uh, the closeout game, that, you know, the Pistons were undeserving champions. They were bad for basketball. All these kind of basically just disrespectful comments, you know, mm-hmm. not acknowledging the Pistons as legitimate champions. Yeah. I'd be a little salty about that. Maybe not to the point where I'm walking off, you know, because at the end of the day, they got their butts kicked. They got swept. So (laughs) if you're walking off after you lost, you know, four games in a row, my my thought process is you're just salty because you got your butt kicked. Exactly. Not not any comments that were made or whatever the case is. Like, so I I think it's kind of a cop out for them. But to be fair, Jordan did say that, and I could see how someone could be upset about that. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I, I see what you mean. Like, I the way I felt is, like, what Sakani said, they were sore losers. But if you beat somebody two years in a row and then they beat you, it's like, shake their hand. Like, you, you win some, you lose some. Like, the rivalry between the – and you, like, like, all those hard fouls, like, he took all that punishment and and went back and like just got stronger so he could like uh dominate and like we were saying earlier how the whole team said you said the whole, he made the whole team tougher like it's it's tough that to, was like, like the mentality of the, the whole team, team wasn't it like uh bj armstrong had said uh that after that series like the whole team was just like no, we're not going on vacation. They just went straight back to work. Yeah, um, yeah. And it'd be like that. You get tired of losing. Yeah. So for them to, like, just walk off and, like, not even, like, dab, I had them out. Like, 
You know what I mean? You ain't got to sit there and like hugging and blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah. But yeah, and then I would to. Yeah, go ahead. All right. Go ahead, bro. Uh, I was just going to say, I, de- I would definitely get tired of losing to the same team as well. You got to change things up. It's like, uh, it reminds me of uh, Pedro Martinez uh, when he was playing for Red Sox and they used to ask him about the Yankees. And the Yankees would always, you know, get on him during the playoffs and stuff. And he was like, well, you know, call the Yankees my daddy. Like, you know, it's <laughs> like that that's basically what the Pistons were becoming because it was three years in a row actually they beat him in the playoffs. So it's like, yeah, exactly. nah, I got to. Nah, I can't do this no more. I'm not just gonna lay yeah. down and you know let you guys walk all over us every every exactly. year and end our season every year. Every year, basically. And then I feel like that was also a really a a bad cop out for them to bring up the fact that oh the Celtics did it, so we did it. <laughs> <laughs> it, was. it was. Yeah, I mean uh, the, Celt- the Celtics did just so the petty. Celtics deserve scrutiny for that. If you're gonna criticize the the Pistons for it, but yeah. you can't just say, well, they did it. Why can't I? Nah. Yeah. It don't, it don't work that way. No, you know, that I think was... he said, he said that he's, he said, that's what I thought how it was done during those times. Like, what? Like, like he, that, no, no, he didn't say that's how he thought. He said, that's how it was done during oh, those times. You but, know, but the, the, Bulls the Celtics did it to them. us every time yeah. that they lost. Yeah, exactly. Bullshit yeah, hands the bull with them every time they lost. Time. No. But for some reason, <laughs> they couldn't return that same courtesy. Yeah. Like, and oh, just, well, just because you're the champs and you lose doesn't mean you then treat the next person who who's coming up behind you like as if they right. didn't beat you or work their butts off to right. that you right. got swept. <laughs> yeah. And, like and, just a, to, and just a random right. side note. Isaiah Thomas, every time I look at him, he just doesn't look like a trustworthy dude. You know what I mean? Like, he just has like that like con man look, like, bro, nah, I don't I don't rock with you. Like looks like a snake. He's yeah, petty. He looks like a snake. He's petty like. McGee, bro. Cause I was talking to Sakani about that. I was like, you think he got that like well he's not short. He's six what you said he was? Six one. Six, six one. Oh, I said little man syndrome, but like <laughs> I think he's just big petty. Like he, that's just his, his. That's the way he roll. Yeah, but nah, I just, I just don't trust him. Every time I see him, like, yeah, bro, you could say this <laughs> because, with a smile look, on your face, but that, like, I don't rock with you. <laughs> well, I don't know if this is was recently said by Isaiah Thomas in the Last Dance. I don't remember this quote, but recently it surfaced because of like those two episodes that he said that Wilt Chamberlain was a goat more so than Mike because they had changed. No, he said that Will Chamberlain had told him that MJ rules were changed. They, was changed to uh, help MJ and they were changed not to help me essentially. Right. I heard that, that Will Chamberlain said that like. <laughs> yeah. And Isaiah Thomas also said and Bill Lambeer has said recently that they think LeBron is the GOAT. So they're big, they're big petty. Big petty. <laughs> I just don't like Mike. <laughs> right. They go <laughs> to this day. Isaiah, to this day. <laughs> to this day. I mean, Isaiah Thomas is still mad that he wasn't on, you know, that uh on that dream, dream team. team. So I'm mad. So he's holding on to a lot. He is. <laughs> I mean, Somebody need to pray for Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. But who would have thought like was, a two time NBA it? champion would be so salty? Beast. 
wild. Who was the other point guard on that team? Oh, what's his name? Um, uh, John oh, Stockton. John. Yeah. Yeah, that's disrespectful. <laughs> he should have been, been. He should have been on the team. He should have been. Hey, put some respect on John Stockton. Hey. John has zero rings. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> I'm kidding. He was nice. He's though. not a Hall of Famer. And he's still all time, I mean, all time assist. Yeah, exactly. He's he's a Hall of Famer, one of the greatest point guards ever. But I'm sorry, Isaiah is. I, I will take Isaiah any day before I take John Stockton. <laughs> oh yeah, no, with, with without a doubt, without a doubt. I mean, I never, I've never heard anyone say that John Stockton is the second best point guard of all time. But I hear that <laughs> about Isaiah Thomas often. And like, yeah, to have <laughs> not Bob Cousy. Stop. <laughs> Steve Nash. <laughs> Who? Uh, yeah. <laughs> he's not. He's not. You know, that those two MVPs might say something. That's like, dang. Like, would you rather have two MVPs or two rings? Two rings, by far. Yeah. Because, I mean, like. That's more Steve of a legacy. Nash, but timeout. Had it's Steve Nash won do. those two rings, but not had any MVPs, would he be a Hall of Famer? Yep. You think so? Yeah, I think so. He be because he would be more respected as a as a you know elite point guard. I think. I think two rings would put him above John Stockton. John Stockton. I mean, never MVP Mario Chalmers has two rings. Well, yeah, but everyone knows that Steve Nash was the engine that drove those teams. Every team he played on. So, except for the Lakers, um, but I mean, was he the engine on the on the Mavs? Uh, maybe not the engine. They were they were a very good team. Mm-hmm. It was him and Dirk, but those yeah. Suns teams were Steve Nash. It was a Steve Nash show. So, yeah. if he would have gotten two rings out of that era, MVPs don't matter. You could give Kobe, you could give those to Kobe. You could give those to Shaq. And no one's going to hold that against you because, hey, it was Kobe and Shaq. You know what I mean? Like, but is – so I'm going to ask you this. Is Chauncey Billups – is he a Hall of Famer? <sighs> Chauncey had Chauncey a lot of have? down years. You don't think yeah, Nash so- had down years? Well, no, I mean, like, when you're talking about Chauncey's down years, like, think about all of his years. What teams did he play for before he even I, went to Detroit? Like, he's, no, he was drafted first? by Detroit. He was drafted by Detroit. No, he, but, uh, he he played for the Celtics. Oh, he, he did. Drafted by the Celtics. Yeah. My apologies. My apologies. He played. He played for but, the Celtics. I think he played for the Nuggets of a go around before he went back the second time too. Oh, uh, let me let me. Let me yeah, I mean, right now. nobody really knew Chauncey Billups, you know, in in those first years until he got to Detroit. Then he became Mr. Big Shot. Because like uh, in Detroit, they went to the Western, the uh, Eastern Conference Finals. I think it was five or six years in a row. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, like, I guess he was in the mix. I'm about to check. Celtics, Raptors, Nuggets, Timberwolves, Pistons, Knicks, and Clippers. Yeah, I mean, he played he on would. four teams before he even went to the Pistons. <clears throat> Yeah, you're he, right. He was becoming a journeyman already. A year, yeah, a year on each of those teams. Um, damn, then the Magic, Timberwolves, and then after the Timberwolves spent 
seven years or six years. And... So five teams mm-hmm. before the Pistons. Wow. Yeah, see that that's that's wild. Yeah. But uh, no, I mean I I don't know. I'd have to go back and look at Chauncey's resume honestly. Like, what are his career averages? I think like I'd probably say they like seventeen, if that much. I think he he might be a he might be in the hall of very good, maybe. <laughs> that's like, not like that's not disrespect, but it is it's funny. Yeah, it's just it's, not, it's, 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 it's you're just ahead. you're just well respected as a very good player. Yeah, like, yeah, but you're not a hall of famer. Who's another player like that? Um, like everybody just respects Jamal Crawford. Or is Jamal Crawford a future Hall of Famer? He might be because of his six-man status. Yeah, he's got three of them. But, like, another person in the Hall of Very Good would be, like, a a Jerry Stackhouse. You know, a Grant Hill. Like, Grant Hill because of – Grant Hill's in the Hall of Fame, though. (laughs) Is he? Oh, well, because of college (laughs) basketball. Because of college basketball. (laughs) Very decorated college basketball athlete. But a Jerry Stackhouse, for example, where – Dude was averaging like almost 30 one year. You know what I mean? He had some solid seasons, but he was just never like a he was never that dude, like ever. Yeah, I remember NBA ballers. Yeah. <laughs> I remember playing with Jerry Stackhouse on NBA Ballers. Yeah. <laughs> NBA Street. Right. I, too. They should bring back NBA Street. If they really EA should. Sports, if EA Sports <laughs> wants to revive their brand, just bring back oh, all man. the streets. Bring back NFL Street, NFL Street, NBA Street. You'll be good. Multi-billion-dollar industry. They <laughs> should make a. They should make a uh, like a mod or cheat code or whatever. You really should. Somebody should can, develop can, a mod pack. <laughs> yeah. No, but to where you can, um, <laughs> or it's like uh, you can actually like really hurt somebody, <laughs> like prison rules, <laughs> like almost Mortal hey. Kombat in two K. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, you know what? They probably would do it too, because I remember uh, <laughs> Fight Night Champion, their little career mode. That's how the guy starts. He starts like doing like a bare knuckles fight in prison. Right? <laughs> so, It'd be funny. But, and that was that was like the last great video game that they made too. Was Fight Night Champion. <laughs> Everything else after that by EA Sports has been caca. I mean, they got Madden. Caca. <laughs> okay. Oh if, man, if, I would if, know if. If 2K Sports revived their uh, football franchise, they would be shitting on EA Sports. <laughs> it was like ESPN, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, 2K5 like with TO on the cover. I remember that. People still say that's the best video game of all time. <laughs> like, or best, best Mario who? No video game. <laughs> Mario <Yeah. laughs> Yeah. All right, well. I guess y'all want to segue into into some NFL talk. Yeah. All right. Um, well. Yeah. yeah. Or, or are we sticking to NBA? No. We now we can do NBA. NFL. Yeah, we can get into. Okay. Or did you want to talk about Tracks, the big threes? Those yeah, I mean, we can we can talk about threes. Championship winning big threes. So I was thinking we could rate yes. them. Which ones we think were the best? I'm sorry, I got best big threes to never win. Yeah. So best big threes to never win. Uh, so I know it was posted by Bleacher Report. Some of the team or some of the big notable big threes on there. 
They had uh, Blake Griffin, Chris Paul, and DeAndre Jordan. Um, they had uh, Serge Ibaka, Kevin Durant, and Russell Westbrook. Uh, Steve mm-hmm. Nash, Sean Marion, and Mari Stoudemire. Um, I don't have it in front of me, so I don't, I don't remember the rest of the ones beyond that. John Stockton, Carl Malone, Jeff Hornacek. You got Peja, Stoyak- Peja Stoyakovich, Chris Webber, Vladi Divac. So we can switch them around if y'all want. So remember, we said, instead of Vladi, we wanted Mike Bivy, right? I'm part of that big yeah. three. Yeah. I'm going to throw this big three in there as well. Um, Charles Oakley, uh, Patrick Ewing, and uh, John. Um, John Starks. Starks. Yes. Hey. I never realized how soft Patrick Ewing was. <laughs> I didn't I know he was soft. soft he was. I, I mean, every time I think of Patrick Ewing, Bro, and I and I see oh. and I see stuff involving him, it's him being dunked, dunked on. on. <laughs> He's been dunked on, or he had. I think it was one year that they should have beat Indiana, and he had that little oh bunny gosh. at the rim, laid it up and missed uh, yeah. it. When he should have dunked it. Like, uh, like, and like Cruz like Tim Duncan too. in 2013. No, 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 it was different. <laughs> Way different. <laughs> Way different. Don't, don't be disrespectful to the best power forward of all time. That's People will always play the one that um that Mike dunked on him when he goes baseline, but the one that Scotty did was way, way worse to me because oh, he, like, he pushed him. <laughs> yeah, because the, when I, I remember hearing uh, Scotty talk about it before, he said, he tried to grab me, and I didn't want him to grab me, so I just, I just like moved his, moved him out the way. But, but why you gotta like, walk over him like that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, purposeful, but no, that one, that dunk is so hilarious and it's so clean. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So okay, so we'll so we'll throw. It. Yeah, what are you saying? Scott? I was gonna say, did Shaq ever? I mean, did yeah, did Shaq ever get dunked on by Mike? Um. I feel like he did while he was with Orlando. Yeah, I just, I just never, I can't picture it in my head right now. Same. Yeah, I think he did in while well, Shaq was with Orlando. I wouldn't be surprised. I was just yeah, like, like real young Shaq. Right. All right. So, so out of those big three, so we add in, you know, Ewing, Oakley, and uh, John Starks. Oh wait, wait. So if that's the case, can we add Indiana in there? So uh, Reggie, who else? Reggie, um, Mark, Mark Jackson. Jackson. Well, yeah. I don't know who that third would be. So never mind. Rick Smiths. Again, yep. yeah. Right. <laughs> Me not know them. He's not big, <laughs> right? Not well, he big is big. He's seven. He was seven four. So he's but big. not that big of a player to where I know his name. <laughs> so so who do we think? Well, which which other ones were we going to swap around? You guys weren't for Ibaka. You um, going to say James Harden or not? Nah? Nah. Yeah, I mean. Well, no, no, no. I'm going to say Ibaka was on that 2016, 2016 team that should have beat the Warriors. Just okay. So so by then? The, by James then, they were just Houston, as. Right? Exactly. And they were just okay. as established, just as good okay. to have been able to take on the Warriors. I mean, it's kind of disrespectful time. not to mention them because Serge, we forget Serge is a, a champion, too, in his own right. So, yeah. So who do we think is the best, like the most disappointing out of out of this squad? I mean, I mean Oklahoma City comes to mind, but I mean also I would say 
like that Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, Chris Paul team, like that team should have won maybe two, maybe. Like I would say at the minimum, if, if everything was clicking, I would, I would say they would at least win one to two. Yeah. I'm going to say the, the, for me, the most disappointing big three was the Suns' big three. So Steve Nash, Amari Stoudemire, Sean Marion. We just talked about Steve Nash, two-time MVP, whether he deserved it or not. Um, and they were – and they always had, like, one of the two or three best records in the West. You know, and that was when Lakers were hot, Spurs were hot, the Mavericks, and um, in the Suns. So they were winning 60-plus games basically every season. Um, mm. They had the one year – that was ended up being unfortunate because I think Amari Stoudemire got suspended for a game after Robert Ory shoved um, Steve Nash into like mm. the into the sideline. Oh um, yeah, I remember and that. He, and he stepped off the bench Jeez. and got suspended. Yeah, that that could that changed everything because the Spurs ended up winning that series. Um, you know, which hey, I'll, I'll take it, I'll take it. But um, I I think they're they're the most disappointing, and part of it is because. They have probably one of the coaches that's the most disappointing as well. And he's still doing that in the league today, you know, with the Rockets and Mike D'Antoni. So mm. I gotta give it I gotta give it to those to that big three. I feel like they really never reached their potential. They should have gotten they should have gotten one championship, at least one. Especially after the Lakers fell off, you know, post basically two thousand four. They they mm. they had their chance and they ruined it. They had a window. I mean, but about you, when you think about when you think about the Spurs during that time, I don't know if I would have expected them to beat the Spurs. They had they were they were the Spurs hardest matchup, though. They really were. I mean, I just like were Houston like is teams. Yeah, but just like Houston is or Golden State was Houston's, you know, <laughs> uh, team running to have mate. to beat. Yeah. Not even running mate. Like, I think every year we kind of felt like Golden State was still going to pull it out as much as even when I've, that year that they had the 3-2 three, two, three, two lead, uh, I still didn't feel like Houston had it in <laughs> in the bag. Uh, well, what mm-hmm. what year is that? 2016? Like, like what year? Like, uh, that was, that was 2017. Like peak, whatever year he was at the peak of his powers. I was like, I was watching this guy on the 2016. Like, like he's a cheat code, like <laughs> seriously, like it doesn't matter. It didn't matter. Like that year, it didn't matter. Like what teams did, because Steph, yeah. even uh, Clay was was playing like at a at a phenomenal level. And they were. I just remember watching them in transition. Like, good lord, good luck keeping up with that team. Seriously, but yeah. But no, I feel, I mean I do feel you on the Suns though. You know they they should have won at least one, just as much as these rockets should win one um although i wouldn't say they've had a consistent team for over three years um during the james harden era so that's kind of tough to do um who's the the better team though like if you well the better big three out of all of them like so if they face each other on the court who would win um, I mean, a one, one with KD is pretty unfair. Uh, <laughs> I was just going to say. Yeah, I mean, I mean, all of them at, at their in their prime though. All of them in their prime. 
So prime Steve Nash, prime Amari, prime Marion. What's the other ones? I, I mean, mean, I got to You got prime John Stockton, prime Carl Malone, Hornacek. Jeff Hornacek. Um, Would you swap out anybody on that team? That I don't know who uh, that Jazz team. I feel like they didn't have a legitimate three. It was either him or Greg o- or Greg Oster tag. So they didn't really have any notable third person. Um, man, I don't know. It, I'm torn between the Thunder and the Sun. Um, I mean, the Clippers' big three was was the real deal as well. But I think it was more so just the depth of their team because they had a squad from top to bottom. Yeah, that's when they um, um Jamal Crawford was kind of running the show too, right? With uh, he with was running the second did. unit. They had yeah. Matt Barnes there. Eric Bledsoe was there. Um, they had, you know, since with the Spencer Halls, Lamar Odom. Um, I remember think Nick Young was there for a minute. Like, that's when, like, they were getting all the players that were being bought out. Like, everybody was going to the Clippers. Was Chris Kamen still there or no? Um, I don't think so at that point. I think he had moved on to – because he played with the Blazers for a little bit too. I think he was with the Blazers that's at that right. point. For sure. Before he retired. I pick OKC. You got Katie, you got Russ, and you got Ibaka. They all can shoot threes. They all can score inside. Russ can't shoot threes. <laughs> <laughs> Russ can't shoot threes. Well, you can do everything else. <laughs> um, he can yell at you at the three-point line. Because, <laughs> I, I mean, that was one of the main reasons why Katie said he left, because guys couldn't shoot. But yeah, I would have to. No, he said that on uh, all the smoke podcast from his burner. Dude's can shoot. Dude's can shoot. (laughs) So he went to the best shooting team, best shooting team ever assembled. (laughs) Because you can't have no. Yeah, because we can win. Yeah, facts. Yeah. But I uh, go. I would have to. I think my my choice. Just say the Kings. It might. I say the Kings. No, no, no. It <laughs> might have to honestly be that Jazz team because they went six games against the Bulls two years in a row. No, they went five games the first time in six years. But I mean, they went to the finals. Um, you know, we're Western Conference champs. I'd say they'd have to be the best team to not win one. I mean, Carl Malone is second all time still in points. Like that's a second all time in points, up. along with the all time assist leader and John Stockton. The only thing I would say is that it's a matchup nightmare. So you got to think about it in those terms. Like, are we just gonna like? Okay, so would you have if Russ? Is on Jeff Hornacek. Is he scoring a lot, or is he just kind of? Well, I mean, never mind. I'm just thinking he, he's not going to be as good as other players on like other teams. For sure. I mean, I would have never. I in my in my opinion, I would have never thought a player like Steve Nash would have two MVPs. But I mean, when you see him on the court, it's like, all right. Well, I mean, you know what you're doing. You know how to play. So I feel like. He's John Stockton is very much the same way. 
where it's like you might feel like I, his game is not going to be as explosive or as quick as um, Westbrook's, and it's not. Yeah. But he can. St- he still knows how to do what he can do well, just like Nash knew how to do what like he can do Eagles. well. Like a Joe Ingles? I wouldn't even say a Joe Ingles. Don't, I wouldn't disrespect John Stockton like that. Um, no, I was for Hornacek. But... Oh, Hornacek, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joe Ingles or um, who's the other what? one on? Uh, is it Bogdanovich? Oh uh, uh, yeah. Who's on? The one who can shoot from anywhere. Yeah, essentially, Boyan Bogdanovich. And he's on. Yeah, he uh, he so let's, much. Is he on the? Ball? The Bucks? I can't remember what team. I believe he no, is he, either he's on, on the, the Jazz. He's on the Jazz. Oh, he is on the Jazz. Yeah. Or on who's on Sacramento? That's Bogdan Bogdanovich. His brother. I don't know if they're related. Oh, it could <laughs> just be a common line. I, I really don't know. I never looked it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but my choice would probably be the uh, that Jazz team. For sure. Not, not your Knicks squad? No. <laughs> didn't didn't they go I, like five or six games with the Bulls too in one series? Yeah, but I still I, I feel like they still probably would have lost to the Jazz. Because <laughs> <laughs> Patrick Ewing was soft. <laughs> it wasn't us. If it wasn't us, it would have been the, the Pacers that they would have had to make it through, and I don't think they would have beat the Pacers. <laughs> yeah. Because Patrick Ewing. <laughs> nice yeah, nice shoes, need, though. Nice shoes. He just needs to jams on. Shout out to Patrick Ewing. Hey. <laughs> I'm small. I, I heard they have soft I heard they have soft insoles. Yeah. Super soft. <laughs> Ewing Athletics. The softest. <laughs> <laughs> And I guess we'll have to talk about Patrick Ewing later, too, because it is kind of weird that he never gets brought up in those great centers, that great center discussion. Which is crazy to me. He never gets mentioned. <laughs> Almost like Patrick Ewing didn't exist. Didn't exist. <laughs> like, existed in Space Jam, and that was it. Basically. So so we're, we're going to have to talk about that, about that at some point, like some forgotten it, legacy. You know what it is? And pay homage it's to because them. It's because, like, I feel like the the New York Knicks aren't relevant, so they, it's harder to tell their legacy, like, or to like have it recalled in like recent memory. And they were gone really long stints without winning a title, so I think that plays a big part in it. Not too. even like, that they, have they haven't won a title like in years. <laughs> Not even that they go stints without oh. winning. <laughs> they Whoa. they're still in yeah. the longest stint outside of yeah. who else in the NBA. The Hawks? <laughs> but it's just crazy, though, because, you know, when we talk about that era, we don't bring up his name first. We bring up, you know, no, hardly anyone won that era, but we bring up those names, too. We bring up John Stockton, Carl Malone. I bring up Spike. Re- Reggie Miller. <laughs> right. Reggie Miller. Um, some people bring up Clyde Drexler since they won, you know, 94, 95. We bring, up we bring up Shaq. We bring up Sean Kemp. We bring up King. Gary Payton. Like, when do you bring up Patrick Ewing? Like, yeah, so. You just don't. Well, I think what it is, Patrick didn't make it to a finals. They had no MVPs on that team. 
How many All Stars has he appearance has he had? I'm pretty sure he was I'm not sure how many he had, but yeah, he was he was consistently there. A yeah. Joel Embiid of his time. Oh wow! Except he couldn't shoot like Joel. He had a he had a nice little jumper though. I remember him hitting some threes. Really? Yeah. A Joel Embiid. He, he, he hit some. <laughs> he hit some. Hey yeah. guys, my uh my battery's gonna die. Um, Bro, a good excuse. <laughs> so I'm saying Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you want to get off the bro. podcast you can get off the podcast man <laughs> it is i can take a screenshot bro nah but uh y'all want to talk about um or we can save it for another episode and this can just be an nba episode but like the, i think it'd be uh, it'd be good to have carl in on that uh like the cdm well, NFL just not stuff. even cdm but just the nfl stuff because we're both dallas fans and then we have one uh, for sure. One other team, yeah. every team that yeah, um, twenty fifteen <laughs> Super Bowl Broncos, <laughs> uh, twenty twenty one Super Bowl champs. Oh, um, oh, <laughs> yeah, I said it. Um, but yeah, no, I, I I agree with you. That could probably be something we could just say for for when. It'd be good to have Carl's that, opinion, uh, you know, insight on how the Rams are doing. So that way, at least we can, you know, yeah, yeah. bring this up come. Uh, football season yeah for sure cool. all right so yeah i guess well that's gonna wrap up another episode check us out on youtube uh all your favorite podcast listening platforms follow us on facebook instagram all that good stuff y'all got anything else stay to safe add? y'all stay safe yes. still i know it's still crazy times um but you know stop watching the news stop <laughs> getting caught up in all the negativity that the news brings you got to take it in pieces you know get what you need get out like don't get so caught up on you know all like you were saying all the negative like stuff you know a lot of it's out of your control and just continue to do you know things that keep you and your family safe you know all right take your vitamins y'all i mean legit that part take your vitamins (laughs) make sure your immune system is good it'll be healthy but yeah, we appreciate all y'all who have continued to listen, still listen. Yeah. Have sure. us in your rotation. Appreciate that. All right, well, till next time, y'all. Peace. All right, we'll see y'all.